it is known that there is a number of differences between the of the obligation and the mitzvah of Zechiras Yitzias Mitzrayim in the night of Pesach and the obligation all year round. Now one of the differences is that all year round it's enough just to mention Yitzias Mitzrayim, Mitzvah Lahaskar Yitzias Mitzrayim on the night of Pesach. The mitzvah is to actually recount, tell the whole story of Yitzias Mitzrayim. To use the words of the Rambam, mitzvah sasechal Torah, it's a mitzvah of the Torah, l'saper benisim v'neflois, to tell over the miracles and wonders shenasul aviseinu b'mitzrayim that were done for our avis in Mitzrayim. Now since Sipur and Zechiras Yitzias Mitzrayim is a yesoid god, it's a very important foundation and a great pillar in our Torah and in our emunah. This is why we have many, many mitzvahs that are related to this, both mitzvah sasei, mitzvah sloisase, this is also why we're always saying in our brachos, in our tefillos, Zecher li Yitzias Mitzrayim. And therefore it's understood that in this, telling over the story of Yitzias Mitzrayim on the night of Pesach, we're obviously expressing a very, very major point and a very general idea of Yitzias Mitzrayim and how in fact it is a Yisoyed God of Amud Chazak, how in fact it is such a strong, important pillar and foundation of Yiddishkeit. The mitzvah of Sipur Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim in the night of Pesach, we learn from the Pasuk, to tell it over to your child, the mitzvah of saying the Haggadah. Now since all inyanim, all matters, are expressed in a very revealed way, in the very beginning of something, as well as in the end, it's understood that in our case, the content, the idea of Sipur Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim, and how it emphasizes something so crucial, so important, is going to be mainly in the beginning and the end of the main Nusach of the Haggadah that the Chachamim established as an obligation for everyone. And as the Mishnah puts it, there's a setup for the Haggadah. Maschil Begnus, we start speaking about the disgrace, the lowliness of the Yidden in the beginning, or Messiah, when we com- conclude, Beshvach, about the praise of the Yidden. We start off with Avodim Oyinu, how we were slaves in Mitzrayim. We also speak, even earlier, how Metchilo Oivdei Avodei how originally our ancestors were idol worshippers. Then we come to Vihisha Amda, etc. When we're, finish, we're finishing basically the story of the ideas of Mitzrayim, we're leading into the stories of Lavan and Yaakov. Um, the main point of Arami, it's starting to darsh and expand from Arami Oved Ovi. The Rebbe says, also since the Nusach of the Haggadah, that Minig Shadnagul, Kol Yisrael, that the Yidden have done, Midoyris from the early generations. We start with Heilach Ma'anya, which we're going to say even before Manashtana. It's understood that this part as well, this beginning, also emphasizes something very, very important. And so to the end of telling over the miracles and wonders that Hashem did for us in, the, in that time, which we finish off with that famous section of all of the amazing things that Hashem did for us that start going through all the Dayenus and Allah has and it finishes off with the last one as Beis Abchira Hashem has built the Beis Amigdash for us to atone for all of our sins so the Rebbe gave us a general overview of some of the very main points of the Haggadah and therefore the Rebbe says in order to understand the general idea of what the message of the story of Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim and the Haggadah are telling us, we first need to introduce and explain a number of diyukim, a number of questions and little details or bigger things in regards to these number of passages that we just mentioned. 
So the Rebbe is going to go through some of these things now. We speak about this is the a bread of affliction or the bread of poverty that the Yidin, our ancestors, ate in the land of Mitzrayim. Now this section, comes after the part in the Haggadah where it says Magid. That means this is where we're going to start telling the story of Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim. From this we understand that the fact that we're saying this at the very, very of beginning of the Seder, but just when we're starting the Seder, not earlier on. Why are we saying it right here? It's not because the point of Heilach is not only to invite to the table those people that don't have the needs for the Su'uda and for Pesach, because then we should have said it much earlier already. We should have said it as soon as we came home from the, from Shul and start, even before we started the Seder, right in the, as, right in the beginning, or even earlier, maybe even while we're in Shul. Because when we say Koyl whoever needs anything, clearly we mean even people that are going to need a Dalit Koysos. The first one of the Koysos is already in the Koys of Kiddush. So why didn't we say it before Kiddush? When we came home from Shul, or as said earlier, maybe even before, while we're in Shul. So it's clearly not only about inviting guests, but rather this is somehow a very important introduction or the beginning of Sipur Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim. And this, as we said, is the reason why it comes after that statement of Magid. So the question then is, what is the connection between the three statements that we speak about in Heilach Ma'anya? How are they related to the story of Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim? Again, just as a reminder, the three statements, first of all, are that we speak about the fact that this is the bread that our always ate in Mitzrayim. We then go ahead inviting the guests, and finally we speak about the fact that we're still in Golos, but we're going to be next year in Yerushalayim. So the Rebbe asks, on the contrary, first of all, the Rebbe says, the beginning, this is the bread that our ancestors ate in the land of Mitzrayim, is not telling about Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim, on the contrary. It's speaking about the suffering, the pain, the affliction of Mitzrayim. Number two, when we speak about the fact that now we're still in Golos, now we are still servants, again is emphasizing a situation where we're not exactly free. We are in Golos and we are servants, which is the opposite idea of the Gula. So how is it and why is it that we're starting with this piece, the story of Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim? And the Rebbe says, in the general idea of the order of the mitzvahs, and the things happening on this night, now, when we're trying to discuss that we're holding by Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim, starting with telling the story of Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim, what should have been emphasized? Seemingly, we should have mainly been emphasizing the fact, the freedom that we have now. And as we know, that this is why we have to act and do everything on the night of the Seder in a way of freedom. And yet, how are we starting the Haggadah by saying, Hashata Hocha, now we're still in Golos, we're still servants, seemingly exactly the point that we're trying to make, which is freedom. Now, seemingly, you can at least try to answer that by saying, we're trying to emphasize that only our ancestors were in the land of Mitzrayim, but we are no longer in Mitzrayim. And so too when we say, now we are servants and and, and next year we will be in Yerushalayim, etc. What we're trying to bring out is as the Mishnah says, Maschil Bignus, we start off with the disgrace, we start off with the problems, and eventually we get to the good part, to the praise. But the Rebbe says we can't say this. Number one, the Rebbe says, if that's the case, then the points of this Heilach Ma'anya should have been not before Manishtana, but rather like the rest of the Haggadah after Manishtana. Since the whole God is coming to answer the questions that were asked, so then we should have said this all afterwards, that yes, 
um, our obvious were in Mitzrayim, and we are still in Golis, etc., etc., and next year in Yerushalayim. Number two, the Rebbe says, when we say Maschil that we start off with the disgrace, we start off with the problems, like saying the Yidin were in Mitzrayim, so that it should be more emphasized and noticeable the praise and the goodness and the Geula, etc., that makes sense usually to say for something of the past. As Chazal say this in regards to Avodim Ayinu, Lefaroi, that we were servants in the past, Originally, our ancestors served Avodah That's all the Gnus. And then you continue about the praise, what's happening now, that Hashem took us out of Mitzrayim. Hashem brought us closer to His Avodah. Because in that way, find the Shvach, the praise is being emphasized more to Hashem. If we contrast it with all the negativity that happened before, and therefore, it's going to bring out more of a feeling of freedom. Seemingly, however, this doesn't fit when we're speaking about a problem that we have now, that now we're still in Golis and now we're still servants, even though, of course, we're davening and we're sure and we're, tra- we're, we're giving that comfort, that Lashon HaBar, that next year we'll be in Eretz Yisrael and next year we'll be free. But that's all very nice. It's a nice hope and it's a nice feeling that's connected to a freedom of the future and a general state of Cheirus. But you can't say that that's the feeling, that because of that I have a feeling of Cheirus now because of what's going to be in the future. So about the past, we could still say, fine, that compared to the past, we're not in Mitzrayim, and we want to say we came out of Mitzrayim. But how can you say this about the future? So too, the Rebbe says, we need to understand in regards to the second part. We'll still need to understand, what does this mean? Whoever needs, whoever is hungry should come and eat, whoever needs should come and have the carbon Pesach, or have Pesach with us. How is this connected to the idea of Magid, to the story of Yitzhak Mitzrayim? Based on all of this, says the Rebbe, we must say that although this, this, this paragraph of Heilach Ma'anya is not part of the actual story of Yitzhak Mitzrayim, which is mainly going to come, as said, as an answer to the questions of Manishtano and so on, nevertheless, this is a very, very crucial point, a imp- very integral point to the whole idea of what Magid is all about, the story of Yitzhak Mitzrayim, because this is a general introduction, a general Hakdama, which is going to help us understand and remove a very major question in the whole Seder of this evening and in the story of Sipri Yetzirah Mitzrayim, as we will soon explain. Another thing that Rebbe says we need to understand in this sentence of Heilach Mani the Acholu the Mitzrayim, this is the bread of affliction that our ancestors ate in the land of Mitzrayim, as Mephorshim in fact asked, the matzah that we eat today is connected to the matzah that the Yidin ate when they left Mitzrayim, not with the matzah that they ate in Mitzrayim, and as it says clearly later in the Haggadah, matzah zu, this matzah that we eat is because the dough of our ancestors didn't manage to rise. And as the Pasuk says, they, they baked the dough into matzah because they were chased out of Mitzrayim. So why are we saying this is the matzah they ate in Mitzrayim? Now there is an answer that's brought that the Yidin, while being in Mitzrayim, they also ate matzah. Because this was the type of food that was common to feed the captives with matzah because this was a, a, a hard or harsh fruit and it wasn't digested easily, as easily as chametz and therefore it lasted much longer. Or as the Sephornu says, that this bread, matzah they used to eat in Mitzrayim because they didn't have time for to let it rise. Again, because of the taskmasters that were pressuring them and so on. So these answers that they ate it in Mitzrayim while being slaves, the Maharal says that this cannot be the case. If you look clearly into Torah, into the Psukim and Chazal and so on, we don't find anywhere, not in Torah, not in Mishnah, not in the Gemara, we don't find anywhere this idea that the Egyptians had the Yidin eating matzah while being in Mitzrayim. 
In addition to this, if this would be what the Haggadah is trying to tell us, that the eight Matzah in Mitzrayim, the Baal Haggadah, the author of the Haggadah, would bring a source for this as he does throughout the rest of the Haggadah. The Rebbe now moves on to the next section in the Haggadah that we say after Manashtano, who were servants to Pari Mitzrayim. Hashem took us out of the strong hand, and if Hashem wouldn't have taken out our ancestors, we, along with our children, we would still be slaves in Mitzrayim. The question is very, very famous. The Gzayda, the decree for Golis Mitzrayim was only that that they would be enslaved for 400 years. So how can we say if Hashem wouldn't have taken us out, then we would still be slaves. The Golis couldn't have lasted more than 400 years. Immediately, automatically after that, the Yidden should have been completely free. And the Rebbe explains if slavery by the Yidden would have been something that's part of their character, part of their who they are, then you might need a special act to take them out of, of slavery, of this captivity. However, since Yidden in their very essence are free men, it's only because of the Gzair of Brisbane Absarim that they became slaves. And then the time is over. As soon as the time is over, automatically the slavery should be over and they should become, once again, who they really are in their essence, B'nai Chayrin, free men. The Rebbe says, we cannot answer that perhaps we needed the Abishta to take us out at that po- point because Hashem didn't wait for the 400 years that say in the Brisbane Absarim. Rather, Hashem took them out after 210 years. So the Rebbe says, first of all, that still doesn't change the fact that the actual Yitzir, the actual fact that the Yidden automatically need to leave when the slavery is over, that still doesn't change. That they're still, in essence, free men. All that changed was the calculation that Hashem is counting instead of the 400 years. He's not going to count it from when they went into Mitzrayim. Rather, he's going to count it from when Yitzchak is born. It still doesn't change the actual fact that once the designated time is over, even if you want to go based on the longer counting, still the Yidin at the end of that should have automatically become free men. So what does it mean if Hashem wouldn't have taken us out? Second of all, let's look at the words that we say. We say, if Hashem wouldn't have taken us out back then, that is us, our children, and our grandchildren would still be slaves in Mitzrayim. That means that even after after that time, there would still be this situation of Anu, Vanenu, etc. Now the problem with this is, in the Brisbane Absarim, it says clearly, the the fourth generation is going to come back. So how can you come along and say that if Hashem wouldn't have taken out our obvious from Mitzrayim, then us, our children and grandchildren would be still slaves in Mitzrayim. That's definitely past the four generations, which the fourth generation definitely needs to come back to Mitzrayim. So in the words itself, even without knowing how long we're still after Mitzrayim, in the words itself, it doesn't seem to fit with what Hashem said. That the fourth generation, the grandchildren definitely have to go back to Mitzrayim. Because we have the Avois, which is generation number one, and Anu, Ubanenu, Ubanenu, so the fourth generation automatically comes back. The next part of the Agadah the Rebbe looks at. We say, Originally, our ancestors were idol worshippers. And now Hashem brought us close to his avoida. So the Rebbe says we need to understand. Number one, when we say kervanu hamokim lavidosi, Hashem brought us close to his avoida. Simply, this is referring to those generations starting from Avram Avinu, the first one that Hashem brought close to his avoida after his father Terach, 
that's referring to Terach. And now Hashem brought Avram close. So why do we say Va'achshav and now Hashem brought us close? Why not Vi'achakach? Originally they were Oiv Diavidizara and afterwards Hashem brought them close. Why now? Even if you want to say that the term Achshav doesn't necessarily mean literally now while we're saying the Haggadah, but we're speaking about the time of Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim. Nevertheless, this idea that Hashem started bringing the Yidin closer started much earlier, even before Golas Mitzrayim, and in fact, even before the Brisbane Absarim. As the Haggadi itself immediately says, Hashem says, I took your father, I took Avram from Aver Hanor. This is all speaking about wavered before the story of Mitzrayim and Brisbane Absarim. So what do we mean? And now Hashem brought us close. Hashem brought Avram back then close. Another question. The point of the Haggadah is telling the story of Yitzhak Mitzrayim with all the miracles and wonders that happened for us, etc. And Hashem chose us. The point of saying, the point of bringing in the fact that our ancestors were and now Hashem brought us close to his Avodah, seemingly doesn't have a direct connection to the story of Yitzhak Mitzrayim. It is only, as mentioned before, that the Mishnah says, Maschel Begnus, we first start off with the negative, with the disgrace, how originally they were Oivdi Avedizara. And therefore we also need to continue that afterwards, now we got close to Hashem. And then there was Vayedid Mitzrayim, coming into Mitzrayim, etc. So therefore, the, so based on this, the Rebbe says what's not so smooth or simple over here is, why is it important to emphasize the Achshav Kervanu Hamokim, that now Hashem brought us close to his Avoida? Seemingly, all that needed to say is that now we, or even more explicitly, Avram, became close to Hashem and Hashem's Avoida. From all of this is understood that for the story of Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim, for our Magid, somehow it's relevant, it's important to mention that now Hashem is the one that's bringing us close. Not only that once upon a time Hashem brought Avram Avinu close, but also all of the future generations of Yidin after him, up until now, again, as we will see soon. The Rebbe moves on now to the next section of the Haggadah. We need to understand. If those people that are trying to destroy us, would be greater tzaddikim than the Yidin. Then we would understand the Chiddush, the novelty, that nevertheless Hashem is saving us from their hands. Since we're speaking about Rishoyim, people that are completely rebelling against Hashem, what would even be the Hava Amin, the Svarah, the thought, that Chaz V'Shalom, they should be able to destroy the Yidin. That we need to be giving a special praise to Hashem, that Hashem is saving us from their hands. Especially, says the Rebbe, after all, we know that the world was created for the Yidin. Bereshus, we know, is Bishvil Yisrael for the Yidin that are called Bereshus. The whole purpose of all of creation, including the non-Jews, is all in order to help out, to, to accompany and to help out the Yidin. Even though it's true they themselves might not know about it, it's not always standing in a very revealed way, well, the only reason for that is because the Abishta wants us to have free choice. In other words, there's an avoided that we have to have iskafio and ishapcha, we have to deal with these negativity, transform them, etc. But it still doesn't change the reality that it's all about the Yidin. And the fact that the Yidin need to be saved from oimdum aleinu l'chaleseinu is a fact that it can't even be any different. So why are we seemingly making such a big deal out of it? Number two, this idea of shaloi echad bulvad, not one person stood up against us and v'akadosh baruch hu miyodom, asks the Rebbe, since we're speaking over here clearly about the fact, not about Mitzrayim, but in every generation of the people that are trying to stand up against us, how is this connected specifically to the story of Sipri Yetzias Mitzrayim? Why is it 
that we say this Nusach only specifically in the Haggadah and Pesach. Why don't we mention this in other times when we were saved and rescued, like Purim and other times. In fact, says the Rebbe, on the contrary, in Golos Mitzrayim, there was not Oymed Oleinu L'chalis, and he wasn't trying to eradicate us completely. As it says further in the Haggadah, specifically, that Paroi only decreed on the males, on the boys, whereas Lavan wanted to destroy everyone, uproot everyone. So too in the time of Achashverosh, there was a on all the Yidin, men, women, young and old, etc. So why are we specifically mentioning this over here, by Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim, it would seem to be maybe even more similar to Purim. This idea that Yidin and the people are trying to destroy us. And finally, one more piece of the Agad that the Rebbe looks at. Uvan Olanu is base Abchiro. We said the Abish to build us the base Hamikdash Lachapra Al Kolav Neseinu to atone for all of our averes. We need to understand. In all of those other fourteen qualities and special things that Hashem, great things that Hashem did for us, we never explain what is so special and great about that particular thing. In fact, we know that Mefarshim in some cases are actually trying very hard to explain what exactly is so great about that particular thing. For example. It says, Ilu If Hashem would have brought us close to our Sinai and didn't give us the Torah, then Dayenu. And Mefarshim are struggling to figure out what is so great about coming to our Sinai without the Torah. So in most, in all of the other ones, it doesn't explain what is so special about it. Only the very last one. Hashem built us the base Amigdash. Suddenly now we're translating and we're giving you explanation what is so special about it. The next question that I've asked, if we do want to, for whatever reason, give an explanation of what's so special about the Mishamikdash, isn't there the most simple, great thing that the Torah itself says clearly in the Pasuk? The main point of the Mishamikdash is that Hashem is going to dwell there. Now, even though it's true the Pasuk over there is speaking about the Mishkon, and that our God over here was speaking about the special quality of the Mishamikdash, the Mishamikdash that they have after coming into Eretz Yisrael, but the Rebbe says, on the contrary, if anything, the Beis Hamikdash compared to the Beis Hamikdash, the Beis Hamikdash compared to the Mishkan, sorry, is even more so this idea that here we have the Asherah, Ashkina, the Shechina dwelling in the most revealed way, as we know about the ten miracles that happen constantly to Avoyseinu in the Beis Hamikdash. Why are we choosing specifically this aspect, Lechaper al Kol Furthermore. In addition to the idea of Vishachanti, that Vishachanti Besoicham is the main point of the Beis Hamikdash, and that this, another point says the Rebbe is this is something that's connected to all Yidin. Even Yidin that don't need a Kapara atonement. Whereas Lachabra al-Kalavinisainu is going to be a certain advantage or a certain Milo, a certain quality that's only relevant for those people that need Kapara for their Averis. Another question that Rebbe has is, why over here is the Beis HaMikdash being called Beis HaBchira, not like the regular expression? In fact, we even find it in the Haggadah elsewhere, the term Beis HaMikdash. Or another term, why Beis HaBchira specifically? And finally, the Rebbe asks one last, the most important question, and that is, why is this specific Mailov, Bonolono is Beis HaBchira L'Chapra, Al-Kolavinisainu, relevant to Yetzias Mitzrayim, and to the story of Yetzias Mitzrayim? That is, all the previous things that we said, but all the things Hashem did for us, from taking us out of Mitzrayim, through all of the things still bringing us Eretz Yisrael, we can understand the connection. Because as long as the Yidin were in the Midbar, as long as they didn't arrive to Eretz Yisrael, the Geula, the exodus of Mitzrayim was not complete. And as it's expressed even right in the beginning when Hashem says those famous four expressions, 
Hashem says to Moshe Rabbeinu in Mitzrayim, he immediately says, I'm going to take them out of Mitzrayim, and then he says, I'm going to bring them into the land, which means that is the final part of the Gula. But seemingly, the building of the base Abchira in Yerushalayim seemingly doesn't have a direct connection to the Gula. Why do we finish off with this piece? So now the Rebbe is going to start the explanation. And the Rebbe says like this, when we sit down to the Seder, and we start, we need to start saying the Haggadah. Even before the child, to whom we're going to say the Haggadah, we're going to tell the Haggadah. Even before he has a knowledge in the details of the slavery, and the amazing miracles and wonders that Hashem did in the Gula. He immediately has a number of questions which need to be answered even before he starts saying the Haggadah, even before Avodah Mayinu, before anything. And they are. Number one, why is it that the Geula of Mitzrayim was not in a way that's eternal, everlasting Geula? That is, if the Geula would come from a boss or from a human being, then it's understood that just like a person himself is limited and finite and goes through all sorts of changes, so so too there's going to be change and, 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 and differences and pause within the things that he does. However, since the Geula come of Yitzhiya's Mitzrayim comes from Hashem himself, and Hashem Elohim MS, everything that Hashem does is true, real, everlasting, eternal. So the Geulah, out of Mitzrayim, should have also been an eternal, everlasting Geulah. How is it that we are in Golos? And not only any Golos, but such a bitter Golos, that as we say later on, and every day, generation there are people trying to destroy us, similar to, or even worse than it was in the Golos and Shibut Mitzrayim. Another thing says the Rebbe, the question comes up to the child. Since Yidin went out, Baruchush Gadol, they went out with such tremendous wealth, as Hashem did promise. How is it then that there are poor people by Yidin? As he sees clearly by the Seder table, where they are sitting by the table, those that are needy, those that are hungry, the guests that are poor. Furthermore, the Rebbe says, the mitzvah of the Haggadah by the Seder, we got it all of Incha, is connected our Ba, Bonim, Dibir, Toyota, we had the four sons. By the Seder table, you have not only a Ben Chacham, but even a Russia, that's in addition to the Tam and the Sheini Yedeli show. It's very difficult to understand. It's known that the Rishoyim of that generation were not redeemed. They didn't go out of Mitzrayim, they died in the three days of darkness. So if the Yidin, when they left Mitzrayim, there are no Rishoyim amongst them, how suddenly are there Rishoyim amongst Yidin? Says the Rebbe, we cannot say that the Russia sitting by the Haggadah is a totally different category of Russia than the ones that died in the three days of darkness. Because within the Haggadah itself, it's explicit. And we say, in response to the Ben Russia, we say, if you would have been there, you wouldn't have been redeemed. And these questions are not just any questions. It's a question that's, a, that's something that needs to be understood based on logic. In other words, it's just a question needs an answer. This is something that's really disturbing the whole idea of the Seder and the telling of the story of Yitzhak Mitzrayim. The whole Seder is all about that behold, we always need to see ourselves as if we just left Mitzrayim. We need to prepare ourselves a place where we're going to be sitting reclining in a way of freedom like kings and great people eat. In other words, we need to be act, doing everything that we're in a state of true freedom. And Torah is Torah's emes. So it needs to be that we really, really feel it. But how could a Yid see himself as if he just left Mitzrayim when in fact he's in Golos, in a situation, in a state, when there are people that are trying to destroy him, and there are poor people amongst them, and poor both in the physical sense, and also spiritually speaking. In other words, you have the idea of a Ben Russia. So what's going on over here? In order to get away this confusion, in order to answer this, 
we start off with a statement of Heilach Ma'anya. This is a general introduction that's going to explain the whole idea of Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim, which we're going to be more specific about in Avodim Ayinu. And that is, the matzah that our Ovis ate while they were still, well, sorry, the matzah that the Ov- our Ovis ate after they left Mitzrayim, as we said before, that yes, there was not, not enough time for the dough to rise, and this is the matzah they ate when they left Mitzrayim, and yet we're calling it over here the matzah that they ate while being in the land of Mitzrayim. We asked before, isn't it they when they left Mitzrayim? We're calling it as if they ate it in the land of Mitzrayim. Why? To emphasize that the way the Yidin left Mitzrayim was not Peshlemus, was not complete and perfect. And that Yidin on their own, to a certain extent, it's as if they still remained in Mitzrayim. And this will explain also the continuation when we say whoever is hungry, whoever is needy, the fact that there are still poor people amongst Yidin, and the fact that we're still in Golis and still slaves, etc. This is all because our Avisenu, as they were leaving Mitzrayim in a certain sense, they're still in Mitzrayim. They didn't leave the slavery of Mitzrayim completely. The question then will be, if that's the case, what did Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim accomplish? What is it that we're celebrating all of this Derech way of freedom, etc.? And this is what we go on and say. Yes, it's true that we're still in Golos. But next year we're going to be in Eretz Yisrael. Yes, yes, we're still slaves. But next year we're going to be free. That is what we're saying is that the Geula of Mitzrayim opened up a path, opened up a channel of Geula, which leads to the Geula Shlema, that Lashana Haba Ba'ara the Yisrael and Bnei Choyden. And therefore already now we can fulfill the mitzvah of Sipri Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim on this night. And Chayavadam, that a person needs to show as if he just went out of slavery of Mitzrayim completely. In fact, says the on the contrary, specifically through telling the story of Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim and showing as if we ourselves went out of the slavery, that itself helps us get out of that state of Mitzrayim, that slavery in Mitzrayim, and finally to come, L'shana Habad, to be completely free. And as it's known that the whole time from Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim till the Geula Asida is really one long, Exodus and going out of Mitzrayim. It is this general point that is being, that's expressed right in the beginning of Magid in order to remove this question that we said. And this is also what we're going to emphasize and specify in the continuation of the Haggadah in the story of Yitzhak Mitzrayim after we have the question of Manashtana as we will soon see. In order to explain this, the Rebbe says, it is known what Razal tell us that Hashem gave Avraham Avinu a choice. What do you want for your children? Should they be enslaved in, should they go to Gehenim or Golos? And Hashem, sorry, Avraham Avinu, or according to another opinion, was Hashem himself, chose Golos for the Yidden instead of Gehenim. From this we understand that the, the whole point of Golos, and first and foremost Golos Mitzrayim, is the same idea as what Gehenim is all about. What's Gehenim? It's about cleansing, washing away, of Averis. What are we trying to cleanse? What are we trying to rectify? What are we trying to fix up with either Gehenim or Golos Mitzrayim? Simply, this is referring to the fact that we needed to clean up and wipe away and atone for the Shoirish Mokar, the source of all sins. That's, of course, the Chet Arishin, the first sin, the Chet Eitzadas, which caused that the Shechina should be removed from the earth to the heaven. And this is actually why we say that this cleansing was told specifically to Avraham Avinu, because we know that after the Chet Eitz which caused that the Shechina should go away from the earth to the heaven, 
Then came along, and then came another six Averos that caused that the Shekhinah should go further and further away from one heaven to the next until the seventh heaven. And finally, the first one who started bringing the Shekhinah back down here was Avram Avinu. He started bringing the Shekhinah down from the seventh to the sixth and so on. And therefore, it is specifically to him that's being told that the ultimate cleansing, the ultimate purification of that Avera, which is going to bring the Shekhinah down here, as it was before the Chait, is going to be accomplished through Golos Mitzrayim. Now, if the Yidin would have been Zoyche, Golos Mitzrayim would have in fact been the last Golos, the only Golos. And therefore, Golos Mitzrayim would have been a Golos Shleim, a complete Gula. And there would have been no other Golias, there wouldn't have been Malachamavas being able to have any control over the Yidin, etc. Just as it was before the Chait Etzadas. However, since practically Golos Mitzrayim did not finish off that cleansing and atoning 100%, as we will soon discuss, therefore Hashem had to schlep us out from there. What's the Yod Chazaka? Hashem had to get up over here against the Midas Adin, against the Midah of judgment, because as far as judgment and calculation is concerned, there is still an argument. That if the purpose of Golos and Shibit Mitzrayim was not accomplished, the whole purpose was to completely elevate, refine the Yidden in the world to a state of as it was before the sin. If it was not completed yet, then there's no room for the Gula. So that's why we say, Biyot Chazoka, Hashem to schlep us out with a strong hand. Says the Rebbe, this also explains to us the expression, that the coming out of Mitzrayim had to be coming from Hashem, which we asked before, doesn't the Golos just have to be over? And that is, because of the state of the Yidden, they weren't completely deserving of it yet. Similar to what's known, that the Yidden, based on what's known, that the Yidden were sunk then, Rachman al in the 49 gates of Tumah, and if they would have chas v'shalom stayed there another moment, chas v'shalom, they wouldn't have been taken out. Just to point out in the Horus over here, the Rebbe will also say that even though it was promised to the Yidden, but it could have been in a way that in their mindset they're still slaves, or they want to go back, etc., etc., in the language of Chassidus, says the Rebbe, as the Alt Rebbe explains in Tanya, that the Yitzhiyah's Mitzrayim was in a way that the Yidin had to run away, as the Pasuk says. And the real reason, the Panimiyah's reason was for that, because inside of them, the bad, the evil, the Yitzhahara was still very strong in the left part of their heart. And therefore the Geula had to come from the fact that Hashem revealed Himself and schlepped them out. That is Hashem revealed Himself and thereby touching their very deepest Nekudas Hayadus their Pintaliyid. And in that case, once that's revealed, they can no longer fool themselves from the spirit of foolishness that sometimes covers over the, over the truth. And that they could convince themselves that they could still be connected to Hashem, even through their foolishness. But when Hashem is revealed and that Pintaliyid comes out, that causes them to run out of Mitzrayim. This is similar to what's generally explained in Tanya, that a Kal Shemakalim, even the most lightheaded person, the most careless person, they usually, the Chachma within his Nefesh is that deepest part of the Nisham is like a sleep. But when it comes to a matter of an Isoy and a challenge and a matter of a Munah, which reaches that deepest part of the Nishama, it suddenly wakes up from its sleep, and the Yid is ready, even that simple Yid is ready, to be Moiser Nefesh for the sanctity of Hashem's name. Says the Rebbe, this is the Pshat we say, if Hashem wouldn't have taken us out, we and our children and grandchildren would still be slaves of Mitzrayim, because if the Yitzhiyah's Mitzrayim wouldn't be coming from Hashem schlepping us out, then Golis Mitzrayim unfortunately could have been dragging on until we'll finally come to the ultimate cleansing and perfection by the Gula Hasidah. 
Says the Rebbe, this is even more emphasized and explicit, according to the opinion that when we say maschil begnus, we say like this, that metchilo oivdi avi hoyu avi that originally our ancestors were oivdi avi dezara, va'achshav kervanu amokim lavida. So what do we mean by va'achshav? That the care of the fact that Hashem is bringing us closer, even now, is not because of the Yid's high state in his Avoida, but rather, it's always because Kervanu HaMokem, it's Hashem bringing us close to the Avoida. We're not there yet. And therefore it's understood, this helps us understand why there can still be a Ben Rosha, even now after Geulas Mitzrayim, and also why there could be a situation of Beholder, where there are people standing up to try to destroy us. And the only reason why it's not happening is because Hashem is constantly saving us. Because as said before, as long as the purpose was not fulfilled, as long as the birur, the refinement didn't happen completely, yidden on their own, from their own level and state that they are, they're not completely refined and rid of their bad. In fact, as we said, there could even be a ben rasha, and therefore there's still always that midas hadin, the midah of judgment, which there's still room therefore for claiming chas v'shalem to try to hurt the yidden. Says the Rebbe, however, here the question arises, how is it even possible that Yidin had sunk down to such levels of Tumah and Rai in Mitzrayim? To the extent that you're saying that on their own they don't even deserve to come out of Mitzrayim. To answer this question in the Haggadah we have, the Malagada tells us, Now, usually we translate means that they caused us a lot of suffering. But the Rebbe says the Pshat over here is that the Mitzrim are the ones that made us Ra. They caused the bad inside of us. In fact, that's why it says Vayareyu Oisanu, they, Oisanu, rather than Vayareyu Lanu. Usually it would be Vayareyu Lanu, they were harmed, they did harm to us, would be Vayareyu Lanu. Vayareyu Oisanu means they made us bad. In other words, the Mitzrim brought the Yidin to a state of Ra, of evil that the Yidin on their own would not be Shaykh to. In other words, there was more of a Ra, then that which needed to be elevated by Golas Mitzrayim, the Egyptian caused more rather than there should have been initially. This is similar to the explanation that's given on the famous question, why Pari is punished for, Pari and the Egyptians are punished, even though there was a gzair of avodim vinuasim that the Yidin are going to be enslaved. And we know that one of the explanations for this is, is because the punishment is for the fact that they caused the hardship to be much more than what the Xavier from above was. Similar over here, there was a certain element of bad that needed to be elevated, but the Egyptians caused the Yidden to sink in much worse and much more than, than it was originally. Says the Rebbe, nevertheless, after all, the question could still be asked. Since Golos Mitzrayim, bottom line, didn't fulfill this point, of causing the whole bitter, the whole elevation and refinement. So why are we getting so exciting, made, making such a big shturim at Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim and Sipri Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim? And this is why we go further. And to again use the Lashon of the Mishnah, Messiah and Bishvach, we finish with praise. What is being said over here? The real idea of Pchira, free choice, is going to be only in a way when the thing that's being chosen is not being chosen because of any specific reason and logic. It's purely the free choice of the one who chose. This type of free choice is really only possible by Hashem Himself, that compared to Him, there is absolutely nothing else that really takes up any space. There is not possible for anything, Chas V'Sholem, outside of Hashem to take up any space. And from the perspective of Hashem, we know there's the concept, Yaakov and Esav are brothers, seemingly equals. 
And it's only because of Hashem's free choice in the coming from his essence that he chooses Am Yisrael, I love Yaakov, and I hate Esav. That means, the real shoydish of the Bechira is coming from the fact that Yidin are really one Kavayochel with the essence of Hashem. Yisrael The way it's revealed, this Bechira is revealed down here is in a way that Bechitsoini Yisrael it seems like, Och Esav Yaakov, that they're equals, and that nevertheless, Hashem chooses Yaakov over Esav. Says the Rebbe, this is the real idea of what Golas and Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim is all about. On an external and a, and a revealed way, as it comes out into the world, as it comes into the Seder Ishtashlus, we're dealing with a place where we need the Yod Chazaka, that strong hand, because there's a Midas Adin that's trying Chas V'Shalom to say the Yidin don't deserve it. And then it would have been in a situation that if Chas V'Shalom the Yidin would stay another moment in Mitzrayim, they wouldn't have been able to be redeemed. In other words, from their level perspective, they weren't deserving yet Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim. Seemingly, they're brothers with Esau. And as the famous Maimar Chazal that says, that the Malachim were arguing, Halalu Oivdim, these are serving Avedazara, and so are these. But Bepnimiyas and Be'emes, it's coming from the fact that we're one with Hashem. In other words, Hashem chose Neshamas Yisrael, Yidna in their very essence, one with Hashem. And Lachlifam Be'uma Acheres and Yochel, Hashem says, I cannot change them for another nation. Says the Rebbe, now we can understand why it's specifically Beis Habchira that causes the Lechaper al Kolavenisenu. And the Rebbe says the expression is specifically Lechaper without using Slicho Mechila. What's the idea? Within the levels of Seyder Ishtalshalos, where you don't necessarily clearly see the Maila in a revealed way of a Yid, the Yidin are one with Hashem. And this would be similar to a child when he's separated from his father. This is an area where Averis could still have some sort of impact. So we need to have the idea that you need to remove the Averis, you need to remove all of the negativity of the slavery of the Golas, etc., etc. However, based on the Iskashrus Atmas, that inner bond, that essential bond of Yidin with Hashem, which is the idea of Bhira, say here the Lechaper al Kolvein Insainu is coming in the most real way, in the way that the moment this connection of Hashem is revealed, its connection with Hashem, then automatically there is no sin, everything is wiped away. Because based on this level, this is a level that the whole concept of sin doesn't even impact to start with, this is such an essential bond. And then this also impacts the Eden in the revealed way that even Mitzad and Mitzis, even as they are down here in this world, they also become refined, they become elevated, and their souls are completely pure. It's only that as it comes down into this world and into time, there's a certain order. That is, in Zman HaGolos and Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim, the Geula was still seen, as it was in Seyder Ishtashlos, that Kibaruchom, that they need to run away from the bad, and there needs to be Biyot Chazok, as if Hashem has to stand up against the Midas Adin, as if there is still some substance to any of this negativity. And the gili of this idea, that really there's the pure Bechira of Hashem from His essence, compared to which there is no sin at all, and this causes the complete removal and kapar of any sin, this is when Bonolono is Beis Abchira, Lechaper al when we finally have the Beis Amigdash, that completely wipes away all of our sin. It says that this is connected also with the Beis Abchira in the simple sense, which what happened, how did the kapar happen in the Beis Amigdash? It doesn't come through slavery, it doesn't come through suffering and pain, it comes through Karbonois, because in the Beis Abchira, in the Beis Amigdash, that's where it's revealed, the real Bechira of Hashem in the Yidin. Says the Rebbe, this is also the deeper pshat in the words, maschel begnus, we start off with the disgrace, 
and we finish off with praise. In the beginning of the story of Yitzhak Mitzrayim, what's being expressed is how the Yitzhak, how the exodus happens, Mitzad Lamayla, Mitzad Hashem, as if hidden on their own don't deserve it, as we just explained at length. Messiah Beshvach, what's the praise? What's revealed down here in this world is that really the real union of a Yid is that it's always connected to Hashem. His essence is always one with Hashem. And that's the idea of the base Abchira, Lechapral, Kalavinisainu, as mentioned earlier. Says the Rebbe through telling the story of Yitzhak Mitzrayim. And in a way of Lahari Sasatzmi that we show Kiluat as if we just left the slavery of Mitzrayim. We are Zoycha that Ben Nisan Asidin Ligado will be redeemed in Nisan. It will be fulfilled already in this Chaydish Nisan as according to the opinion of Rabbi Yeshua, which in the Medrash it says just simply like Rabbi Yeshua, that Ben Nisan Nigalu Ben Nisan Asidin Ligoyal, that the Geula comes from a place that's completely higher than our Avodah, higher than Isarusa the Lesato, higher even than the level of Tshuva. And based on this level is what's known as Yoledes Zohar, that a male is born. That is a geula that's going to be everlasting, an eternal geula, even if Ishmazriyat Chila, which Chassidus explains, means even if there was an Isarusad La'ela first, it's coming from above, and yet what's born is something solid, something permanent, that it becomes Lashona Habab Aradi Yisroel, Lashona Habab Nechayrin. And as the Friedrich Rebbe would say, the not chas v'shalom, that we have to wait till next year. But immediately right now in this Chaydishness we have the Gula. And then automatically by the time it comes next year, we will already be in Aradi Yisrael and Eretz Yisrael. We'll already be free and we'll be able to praise the Abishta with that Shir Chodesh, with that new song. But in Lashon Zohar, referring to the complete Gula for our Al-Gula Seinu, V'yal Pedus Nafshenu.